Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a ball! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoins, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est le You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's gonna be sick. Hello and good evening, everybody. Producer Shane here filling in for Marinero, who is currently in Florida, hoping to get a glimpse of the great Lionel Messi. Best of luck with that, Tony. Uh, but you know what? Tonight you're stuck with me. But fear not, Tony will be back tomorrow night, same time, same place. Okay. Now, tonight, right, hockey is back. Finally, the first preseason game is in the books. We had the, the red versus white scrimmage. It's underway, folks. It's time to be excited. And to talk about it all, we're going to bring in a very special guest, a guy that you all know and love. But before we do that, we have to thank our beautiful sponsors who are responsible for bringing you this show, starting with Energy Transportation Group, who are a leading full-service logistics provider serving, serving all of North America, driven to be different. Also brought to you by these guys, La Bit at CB Brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bit at CB offers quality microbrewery beers made with a premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bit at CB embraced your true nature. And last but not least, Playground. Experience the world-renowned poker experience with free food and drinks at their cash game tables. A bat-beat jackpot that is closing in on $1.5 million. Weekly promotions, daily tournaments, and unmatched customer service. Why play anywhere else? Located just over the Mercier Bridge. Only minutes from downtown Montreal. Playground. So, hockey is back. And who else should we talk to than Grant McCag from Recruits.ca and the sick podcast, Recruits Draftcast. New episodes every Wednesday. Hopefully you're all subscribed. Grant, uh, let's just dive right into it. You were at the Red versus White scrimmage. You drove five hours to be there. So tell me, was it worth the drive? Did you have fun? <laughs> yeah. Well, two and a half there and two and a half back, I'll, you know just to clarify, but yeah. Um, actually, it was the smoothest drive to Montreal yet. I've had a few clunkers, I have to admit. Yeah. Um, Quebec especially Road. about three or four years ago when there was a lot of uh, well, a lot of construction, you could say. Hmm. And uh, we got stuck down there without, uh, without being able to use uh, Google Maps or um, anyway, uh, and trying to get onto the... Uh, the carry and and just running into roadblocks here to, but it was a lot smoother and the Sunday's a good day to go. Yeah. You know, uh, there wasn't much traffic and uh, I only missed a couple of my turnoffs, you know, seems like they have like two or three turnoffs, like right beside each other. And they say 300 meters That's it. to turn and uh, you don't know which one to take. And invariably you take the wrong one, but um, I'm getting more used to driving in Montreal and that's a big, big plus but uh i i mean i was impressed with a bunch of kids again um just like tonight i think uh i think it's going to be a really interesting camp uh in laval this year and there's going to be a lot of big 
hard decisions to make. Uh, the good thing is, I guess, that there's no waivers in the AHL, right? So you mm-hmm. just send guys to Trois-Rivières. And, but there's going to be some veterans, I think, that are going to, you know, get end up getting that uh, that dreaded uh, in, call into the office where they say sorry, but uh, you're heading up the you're you're going to be heading up the trail to uh, Trois Rivière to start the year. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. We'll, we'll start with the positive and move on to the negatives if you have any points you'd like to touch on. But for me, my standout MVP, whatever you want to call it, has to be Jared Davidson. Right. Very low expectations. Granted, he's been a fantastic player in Seattle, but coming into training camp, really didn't expect him to outshine a lot of guys, but he really did. I mean, scored a beautiful goal, but throughout the game just played fantastic, right? Yeah, he had a lot of good opportunities. Uh, I mean, his line was up against uh, minor leaguers, I guess you could say, uh, Obviously, because he, he, you know, the fourth line plays the fourth line type thing, but yeah. he stood out among those six players. Um, yeah, I mean, last year at, at rookie camp, uh, he had that, he had that really poor first game, mm-hmm. and uh, actually, he kind of, uh, if I recall, I think he may have scored in the red and white game last year too, sort of ended his camp strong. Um, before he got sent back to Seattle. But, uh, I mean, he looks more comfortable. I think he's a yeah. little quicker, uh, definitely a little more confident. He wasn't struggling in his own zone like he did last year. Um, a little stronger, a little quicker, and it showed. I think, uh, you know, like Misak, Misak, the same deal, where he looks more comfortable mm-hmm. than he did last year. And uh, even Mishar, it uh, had some yeah. had some good moments. Uh, so those three guys going into the are all are all going to fight for spots. And I mean, Waz got a obviously got a spot wrapped up. Oh, man. He's got a spot wrapped up in uh, Laval. Um, yeah. You know, uh, all these young guys that are coming in. Uh, I suspect that Baron and Mayu will start the year in Laval as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's got to be a lot of uh, p- put it this way AHL journeymen guys that are on the team that that are gonna that are gonna run into some issues. I, I was uh, lauding the uh, the organization a few weeks back about them giving spots to young guys uh, going into camp, but then they you know they end up picking up Tanner Pearson. Uh, they end up signing uh, Brady Keeper and Toby Bisson. Um, you just wonder, <laughs> are, are there going to be some young guys that, that end up paying the price, you know, starting at the NHL level, be it Yelonen, uh, and then going back, a trick, the trickle down, where uh, you wonder, because I thought Norlin, Norlander actually played very well. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I had him underlined as well. The most comfortable I have seen him at the in North America so far, and I, I mean, if his intention is to stay, uh, is to stay in North America, he's. Uh, I think guys like Bisson, who they signed in the off season, are gonna. I don't. I don't think he stood out. He certainly didn't stand out as much as as uh, Norlander did. No, and. Um, I mean, even beyond the goal, a goal, obviously, you know, when a guy scores a goal defenseman, you, you tend to say, oh, well, he played well, but he actually was comfortable with the puck. I thought he, I didn't see any glaring errors from in the defensive zone. He, um, he always did have good puck skills and, and they were on display yesterday, but I thought he played better defensively than he had before. I think his mm-hmm. skating might've improved a bit. So he's back in the mix too. So, for me, it's just uh, JF Ool's gonna uh, gonna have a couple sleepless nights coming up, I think, because there's gonna be some really tough decisions for him as far as uh, who makes a squad and who doesn't. I think big time, big time. But it's also a good problem to have. I mean, you have so many good young players that you don't know who to choose. You know, I, I don't remember the last time we were able to say that about the Habs. It's always been you know scrounging for 
okay, this prospect might be good. Uh, this guy might, okay, he has a chance. I don't know. But Laval is going to be electric this year. There's no doubt about that. But going back to Norlander, we, we had a discussion about this a, a while ago, you, Tony, and I. And you, we were saying that he's probably the odd man out in Laval. He's probably like that seventh defenseman. And you know what? Looking at the other left defenseman, right? William Trudeau is another one we have to mention because throughout throughout camp, starting with rookie camp, the rookie tournament, training camp, red versus white game, he's been so consistent that he might actually take that spot, right? And then, you know, uh, Nicolas Baudin, Jaden Struble. Like, there's, there's, there's a lot of defensemen that can take that left spot, right? Yeah. Um, I think... Uh... Um, Bodaz, a right defenseman, if I'm not mistaken. Um, thought he played left, but there'll be Bodam, Mayu, and uh, Baron most likely on the right. As the uh, don't forget Tourigny now, Miguel Tourigny could very uh, well that, carve out a spot. Yeah, well, that's it. And I mean, the guys, the infusion that they're, that they're going to have this year of young guys that are really good on the power play. Like even Farrell tonight was, a, I thought, as the game went along, he showed he, he's yeah, just so improved. smart, you know. Mm-hmm. He makes some really smart plays. And his skating, I think he's adjusting a little bit. His skating looked a little better tonight. Um, uh, but Farrell, Roy, Tournier, Mayu, you know, you add those guys to the to the power play mix. <laughs> to, uh, Laval's going to uh, – Laval's – going to have a deadly power play i think this year because you know Baudin and trudeau have already proven that they can that they they can do it at the uh mm-hmm. hl level but trudeau uh, led them in scoring on the fence as a, a 19 20 year old so he definitely i mean that it's a given that he's got a spot he um yeah the organization loves him and uh certainly on the left side i think him and struble are, are uh are two of the spots, you know, Struble, um, you sign the kid out of college and he's a top, he's a second round pick. You're going to give him a good look. And Oh, I didn't even mention kidney yet either. There's another kid that looked really good. Three on three was insane. Yeah. But I mean, even before that, you know, he's really smart and, and good on the power play. I mean, I, I watched him in, uh, in Gatineau, um, you know, being in Ottawa, I get to a lot of Gatineau games, and I mean, he's deadly. He's de- he was deadly at the on the power play at the H at the Q level, and uh, I mean, he comes in, and that so that's five guys potentially. Well, a unit right there, a power play mm-hmm. unit that can be added that could conceivably be their first power play unit to go along with what they had. So, uh, to to me, um, Laval's going to be a hot ticket. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I hope to see that. I hope to see the uh, the new barn sold out quite often this year. That's it. That's it. So staying on Laval, there's a player that may or may not be going there. That being Caden Primo, right? If he doesn't make the Habs out of camp, he has to go through waivers. And to be honest, the way he played in the red versus white, wouldn't be surprised if someone took a chance on him. Right. The way we took a chance on Samuel Montembeau. Right. This was the same situation in Florida for him. He had to go through waivers to go to the HL. We took him on. Look at us now. He's he's our first goalie. Right. So Primo, I don't know that he's going to make it to the AHL because honestly, like, it's a small sample size. I, I, I admit, you know, I think he faced about 12 shots, but he saved all 12. You know what I mean? He didn't let in a goal. Yeah, no. Made some key saves. I thought he looked I- fine. Yeah, well, I don't know how many NHL scouts from other teams show up for Montreal's red and white scrimmage, but that's it. (laughs) I think might be off the hook as far as that goes. But uh, if he comes in and plays, you know, uh, however many exhibition games, let's presume he plays in three or four, because I imagine they'll give him a a good, a good look, even if it's just to shop him to potentially trade him to another team, because they're there are other teams that are looking for goalies, you know. Um, it was funny, like when uh, they dealt uh, Casey to Smith, I thought there was a couple other teams that I thought were even more 
likely to pick him up. So mm-hmm. maybe, uh, but I, I figure he, I, I mean, at this point, unless he stands on his head in the exhibition season, I don't think he'll be picked up on waivers. But certainly the possibility exists, and it, it would mm-hmm. be a shame to lose him after. That's it. I mean, two or three years ago, there was hope that he might be the goalie of the future, but it just goes to show you how unpredictable it is with young goalies. Yeah, it, it would be terrible to lose him for nothing, right? Like it, at least a trade, but it's not looking like no. that. And I guess fingers yeah. crossed that he does clear waivers that way. You know, Primo Dolbesh tandem in Laval would be awesome. Uh, I wouldn't complain whatsoever about that. Um, so there was a new face at the red versus white. You mentioned him already. Tanner Pearson played his first game in the Habs jersey, played with Suzuki and Caulfield. That's <laughs> it's quite the entrance. Uh, he did get an assist. Nice play. But uh, how do you how do you feel he he did in front of the Habs fans for the first time? Uh, yeah, I think um, he was very good along the wall. Like uh, he's a good complement to those two guys as far as uh, providing a bit of uh, bit of beef and uh, yeah. puck battles. He's good good along the wall, getting getting pucks, and I think he needs somebody on that line to do that because that's not going to be Cole's job. It's not necessarily going to be Nick's job. He's got to get no. back and cover the cover the opposing center you know cover the cover the middle so um if it's not if it's not anderson or slavkowski and it's really looking like they want to start the season with though with new hook uh centering anderson and slavkowski yeah. i i thought that there weren't many guys that had chemistry with slav last year uh he was tried with a few guys but anderson was one of them Mm-hmm. And um, so I was glad that they started th- those two together in the preseason. And uh, th- that that line could be uh, uh, Slavkowski and uh, Anderson could be a real nightmare uh, cycling along the wall. <laughs> you know, those guys. Uh, crazy. We saw crazy it with Slav tonight. Yeah. Like he, uh, the, we saw a glimpse of it, of it last year, but. I mean, the last two periods tonight, Slaff was a beast along the boards, and uh, with a little luck, he could have had two or three assists because he set up uh, set up some guys pretty nicely. So uh, mm-hmm. that's encouraging. But I have a you know a feeling we may have seen three of the Habs four lines in the uh, red and white game to start the season. Okay. The yeah. the one one that I doubt would be Anderson because I Elias Anderson because I yeah. wasn't overly impressed with him playing with uh, RHP and uh, Evans, but uh, I found it interesting that they had, you know, they had Gallagher with Doc and Monahan who I think Doc and Monahan are going to be tied at the hip this year because Doc needs. Uh, I think he needs the mentoring of Monaghan and, and a, a guy that can take up key faceoffs on the line uh, one more okay. year without him being a full-time center per se before he, he, he does take that second line center spot for, for good. And um, Gallagher, I mean, I made uh, preseason predictions that Gallagher and Pearson would be on the top two lines. And I just, I had them flipped. I had Gallagher, with with Suzuki and but it makes more sense actually to have Pearson because he brings more size uh to that line. So uh I wouldn't be surprised if they start the year with Pearson lined up with Caulfield and Suzuki, uh Gallagher with Doc and Monahan, Slavkowski, the, the trio that we saw tonight yep. that's been together all preseason. And then uh Evans I think it'd probably be Pizzetta, uh, Pizzetta, okay. Evans, and and RHP, RHP. The, the fourth line. But hmm. I mean, it's you know we're one game in, and we'll we'll see. But uh, Pearson brings some elements that I think will uh, will help uh, Slav or sorry uh, Suzuki and Suzuki. Caulfield if yeah. if he can keep up with them. I mean, the one concern that I did have in that in his first game 
was that he looked a little behind the play at times, but he hasn't played since last November too. uh, So I'm willing to give him a bit of a pass on that. I don't think he's Mm -hmm. considered to be a, a below average skater per se. Um, But uh, hopefully he, he gets a little quicker as camp goes on because I think that they are likely strongly considering having him plugged in there to start the year. Fair enough. I mean, if, if the plan would be to maybe ship him at the deadline, that's how you do it, right? You put him with the two best players on the team, make him look good, pump up that stat sheet. That might be the move. Uh, but then again, I, I forget who it was. I th- it must've been Marty who said that Pearson brings gray hairs. And, and by that expression, he doesn't mean like stress. Uh, he means just experience, right? Like Suzuki is 24. Caulfield is 22. Like these guys are, are still very young. Meanwhile, you got Pearson who yeah. is a Stanley cup champion. This guy won it. Right. So he, he could, he could very well be that compliment on the first line. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I, you know, I get a little tired of every time they bring in a veteran, it's, oh, you know, to trade him at the deadline, you know, um, Hughes, I mean, Hughes said it best. They're trying, they their plan is to make the playoffs. They, mm-hmm. that's, you know, everybody's keyed on that. They're not keyed. They didn't pick up Pearson so they, they can trade him at the deadline. They picked him up to help them compete for a playoff spot this year. And if they're anywhere near, Monaghan's going, not going anywhere. Uh, Lindstrom's not going anywhere. Savard's not going anywhere. Um, and Pearson's not going anywhere. If they're in the playoff hunt in February, yeah, of course, none of those guys will be traded. But, but sure, if they if they're out of the playoff race. But I mean, they haven't played a game. Yeah. Like let's let's hold off on talking about what you know that they picked up guy just to trade him at the day. They've got more. They're top five in prospect depth in the league. They've got what eight top uh, eight picks in the top four rounds two years from now, and every round uh, they've got multiple more than seven picks in the 2014 their 24 draft. So they don't need more draft picks. Like let's just if they're anywhere close to being in in the playoff race. Uh, competitive at all. Maybe even if they aren't, they aren't going to trade all those guys. Uh, if uh, Pearson has a really good year and they think that they can help out for a couple years down the road, they'll resign him just like they resigned uh, Monaghan, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, they've just kept picking up assets and you keep moving assets. If, if you fall out of the race to, to keep improving, getting younger, getting uh, fits in other places. And Pearson, if they fall out of the race, um, there'll be a team that wants, you know, that at least offers a second round pick for them, I'm sure. So Mm -hmm. uh, the asset building just continues uh, as uh, Montreal tries to become a contender again. That's it. It, It's so hard to predict how this season's going to go because last season was riddled with injuries. The the lineup changed every single game, right? So if let's say we assume that they stay completely healthy throughout the season, I still don't know that it's enough in the Atlantic division, right? Because Toronto's better. Like as much as it pains me to say it, Toronto's better, right? Tampa still has their core. I think they're better. Buffalo's up there. I think they're better. Ottawa's up there. I think they're better. Florida is a question mark because Montour and Ekblad are out for a while, but I still think they're better because of Kachuk and Barkov. Um, Boston, you know, center depth is not there, but they still have one of the best goal scorers in the league. Again, playoffs, I I just, it would need, we would need to go on a heater, like a a heater like we've never seen before, start the season off strong and stay healthy for a chance to make the playoffs. And that's when, like you say, we don't sell at the deadline, right? We actually try well, to make a push, but when you know. say, when you say, I don't know, when you say all these teams are better, they didn't get better. Like every team you but, mentioned with maybe one exception is, isn't better. Like 
Tampa they didn't get better, but they're Tampa's I, I still not they're better. better than the Habs. Tampa's not better. Toronto's not better. Boston's not better. So they're going to come back to the pack to a certain degree, I think. And I think okay. that the division's going to really tighten up. And if the law of averages says that any of those teams come close to, if it's a reverse where Montreal is as healthy as those teams were, and any of those teams are as as, as many injuries as Montreal did, they're not better. They won't be better. Montreal's got four, five rookie defensemen that they worked in the lineup last year. They're going to be better. Slavkowski, he's going to be better. Uh not having 500 injury game injuries in the year, Montreal's going to, the whole team's going to be better. So no doubt. Yeah. I mean, you can say, you know, Tampa's better. Well, they have been better, but at some point they're, they're not better anymore. And I'm oh, not no, going to catch up. It's going to catch just up. like, you know, like uh, going into last year, you could, you know, New Jersey fans could have been saying, well, this team's better. That team's better. Well, they were better, but were they better last year? No, because New York, New Jersey made that next step with the young, with the young players that they had. The Jack Hughes had his that breakout. You know, if if Cole if Cole Caulfield scores forty to fifty goals like he was on pace last year, if Suzuki hits the next you know eighty to ninety point, if uh, Monahan is fully recovered and plays like he can, if Doc takes that next step, which I think he's going to take this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Slavkovsky's better, if Gallagher stays healthy, if Newhook can be a 20-goal scorer again, if those young defensemen get better, they're going to be, they're going to be as competitive as any team. Um, you know, Buffalo still hasn't – every year they're supposed to be – and they haven't done it. So are they, is it going to be this year? There's still a question mark in nets with those guys. They still have uh, young guys that have to make the next step, just like Montreal's young guys have mm-hmm. to make the next step. So, um, and then Ottawa, well, <laughs> again, if they, if they have injuries like they did last year or they, like Montreal did last year, they get off to a slow start again. Montreal can compete with Ottawa for sure. So we'll see. I mean, right. You know, if I, I don't make predictions, but if I did right now, I, you know, I would probably not pick Montreal to be in the playoffs, but I, I, I know better than to uh, pigeonhole them at this time of the year. Cause there's always a surprise or two. Uh, yeah. Last year, New Jersey was the big surprise. Will it be Montreal this year? Well, like I say, for, Rookie defenseman, five rookie defensemen last year. Uh, really good talent coming up. Uh, if they're healthy, if they get good goaltending, I know it's a lot of ifs. And of course, when you're when you're, you have a sixty-eight point season and you want to make the playoffs, there's a lot of ifs. So uh, if everything goes goes right, they're they're in playoff contention. So it, uh, again, I I'm always hopeful. I'm always yeah. optimistic, so that side of me leans towards don't count them out. Just like three years ago, no one, no one ever predicted they were going to the NHL finals. David Ettigi did, who was on the podcast. He stated at the start of the year. He's he did at the start of the year. He did. He there, did. Tony's you podcast. Watch that show with Tony. Tony's he podcast did. didn't even <laughs> exist three years ago. <laughs> I think he went on RDS or something. I forget the story, but David Ettigi, shout out to you. You did call it. But like you said, Grant, like I won't hold my breath, but anything can happen. Right. Like, like you said, this this is very unpredictable. But one thing is for sure, the Atlantic Division will give us some fantastic hockey this season. It's going to be very, very entertaining. So let's jump right into tonight's game because we had an actual game. It didn't count. But it was a game. We lost to the New Jersey Devils 4-2. Not bad. I can't say it was a bad game, right? There's the Jack Hughes factor. This guy's just too good. A goal, two assists. Like, come on. He was doing whatever he wanted. But lots of positives to dissect. And first and foremost, we have to do the first line. 
right? Slavkovsky, Newhook, Anderson. I think Anderson, we can both agree, was the standout tonight. But what about that line? Yeah. Like, are, are they are they set? Like, is that our second or third line this year? That's well, hard to say, but I think they're gonna they're gonna get a shot as the third line. They're, they're probably gonna try to match them up against other teams' third lines because we saw, you know, up yeah. against Hughes, there were a few there were a few shifts there where, okay, well this this shows you why Slavkovsky and Newhook are aren't ready to play, uh, you know, uh, with Caulfield and Suzuki on the first line because they'll be going up against. Jack Hughes, Sid Crosby, uh, Alex Ovechkin down down the line. So you you don't throw these guys right into the fire till they prove that they're ready defensively. Now, um, and again, like tonight, yeah, Hughes stood out, but what Montreal had one top four defenseman, probably Gooley. Yeah. They had uh, their third line was the first line. Um, there may not have been anybody on the other three lines that's a regular in the lineup with maybe the exception of Pazetta. So yeah, uh, Jersey had to Foley, Mercer, Mercer. Hughes, mm. who were all going to be top six guys. Montreal had no top six guys probably to playing tonight. Yeah. Um, they had Marino and, and Siegenthaler who are top four defensemen for them. Maybe even two of their, uh, Simon Nemec. Yeah, he should probably make the. I don't. Well, yeah. He might make the team this year. Um, yeah, I would say so. But uh, they're pretty strong on the on that side. Like, don't forget, I you know Dougie Hamilton, uh, Hughes, yeah, and uh, Marino and Siegenthaler are uh, your top four, right? Mm. And then um, maybe Nemec is in this year. Uh, still got work to do defensively, but we. You always see that he's got confidence with the puck. He's had that yeah. since he was 15 playing against men or whatever it is. So, uh, I mean, his goal tonight was a pretty fluky one, but ah, it's terrible. It was, it, terrible. I think it kind of maybe took the momentum out of the game a little bit for the, you know, for the blue blind rouge there. But, uh, um, but they acquitted themselves well. Um, that line. I thought got better as the game went along this, the uh, new hook line. Mm-hmm. I think uh, both new hook and Slavkowski were doing a bit too much. Uh, watching the puck, watching Hughes <laughs> uh, in the first period. And uh, they kind of adjusted as it went along and did a little yeah. less thinking and a little more moving. Um, that could be a fast line an exciting line. Uh, new hook in the middle using a speed and then the other two guys uh powering uh, to everyone yeah power power horses along the wall so slaff uh last two periods the four checking was excellent he won a lot of board battles got the puck uh got the puck out and made some nice passes he's um he's still taking too long to shoot you know he gets a yeah. gets the puck in the slot and he waits till the guy can deflect the puck and it's it's a bit aggravating because he's got a great shot if he ever gets it on net but it that's it seems like the majority of the time he gets the puck and he hangs on a little too long still looking for a pass he's got to think because he's got that great shot uh he's got to think shoot first a little more mentality and and once he does and he'll learn to release it a little quicker at the nhl level you can't hold on to it for too oh, long or the defenseman's going to deflect it. And we saw tonight there were two or three instances where if he'd, if he'd have released it right away, uh, he, he gets a great scoring chance, but instead the defenseman gets the puck on it and deflects it away. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, I don't know. The next guy got me a little hot and bothered. I think, uh, I think I need a little, Spritz oh. and spritz with the marinara flair. I had to do it. Sorry, guys. But uh, <laughs> Joshua Hua, okay, scored the first goal tonight. Fantastic. I think he played really well. Like you said, I think he, he's got to be a lock for Laval, maybe a lock for the first line. He he was involved defensively as well, which I really appreciated. Like I was a defenseman growing up. So when a forward 
you know, helps out at defense. Uh, I, I have a, I have a great appreciation for that. And, and he's really improved that facet of his game, right? That's something that was uh, a concern of his when he was drafted and throughout in, in, in Sherbrooke, he, he really improved that. And he showed yeah. it again at the world juniors where he played PK, but today I, I really, I really noticed his defensive game, but all around he was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. He stood out. Uh, I think he's, uh, at this point, he's moved ahead of a few guys that, uh, like Heinemann, maybe even, you know, we'll yeah, see. Maybe. I mean, Heinemann brings some elements that Montreal would like, but he'll have to learn to be to, to be more consistent. Uh, certainly not as smart a player as Wa. That's just it's that's all. That's the main asset of his game is just how smart he is. You just see it. You see it every game. He does some yep. really smart things. And then, um, I, like, good point about him getting better. Uh, he didn't look after the defensive end of his game too much in his draft year. Even the, the, the next year, it was hit and miss. But last year, he got tasked with being a penalty killer in both uh, Sherbrooke and, and then at the World Juniors. He got mm-hmm. put on that third line where he was just an excellent fit and killed penalties. And you can just see that uh, he's so smart that he's going to, uh, he's going to play in the NHL and he's going to be able to play anywhere in your lineup. If they, if you got to have him into, and that's going to be his ticket. Yeah. Cause he's not super fast or big. Uh so there, there's a chance, even with the smarts that he has, that he's a third liner on a really good team. But he's shown that he has the chops defensively to to fill that role if need be. So mm-hmm. that, I think, is the key to him uh, being, a, I think, a really a, a pretty sure bet to be an NHL player at some point down the road. Yeah, uh, depending on injuries, he could he could see some NHL time this season. He could yeah. he could be like the benefit the beneficiary that Harvey Pinard was last season, where he just played up and down, even in the first line. That could yeah. be Roy this season, right? And he could, like you said, he could fill any role that is asked of him, and that's just so valuable for any team. Uh, I've I, I don't know. I, I I'm really really impressed with him so far. Another guy. Now, a lot of eyes were on him, and you ranked him first in the Habs prospect pool. That is Logan Mayu. <laughs> first, yeah. okay, for, first rookie tournament game. I think we, don't, <laughs> we can all agree that was a miss, right? But as the games progressed, as training camp progressed, and tonight we saw he's he's here to stay. Like, this guy actually wants a spot. Of course, it's not perfect, okay? Some defensive errors here and there. But I don't remember seeing... A defenseman as engaged offensively and as dynamic for a big frame as he has in in recent history and for the Habs, like it's 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 something new for me. I'm not used to this, you know. I've I've been a fan since about 2007, so I'm just I'm not used to it, you know. Yeah. See, so you don't remember Sheldon Sore or I was too small. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, you're that young, eh? Wow. Yeah. Well, we can't go back, uh, you know, bring up the big bird or Sheldon oh. Sore or, yeah, uh, he or Vladimir Malakov, definitely before your time. I'll just uh, great skier in his day, Malakov. Um, <laughs> yeah, there'll be people will get that. To, most of your viewers will of the viewers on Tony's podcast will get that because they're old enough. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what were you talking? Oh yeah. Mayu. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is it now? Uh, I think the, the French uh, media and, and broadcasters are saying Mayu and uh, Tony saying Mayu. I mean, all through junior, it was always Mayu. I mean, did I don't it, think uh, there's, did I it's, this is, this is like way? Ryan Backer, Ryan Backer. Now, now you're, you know? now you're saying Mayu. So let's just get the record straight here. It's Logan Mayu. It's anglicized. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Mayet. Like, uh, if, oh, no. if his name was M-A-I-L-L-E-T, we'd say mail it, you know, mail it in. 
because he's from Southern Ontario. He's not from Terrebonne or wherever. So it's May. He does speak French though, but he is from Ontario. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is Mayu. I actually, I, I even thought about texting him and asking him how he pronounces it. I, I, I'll i do that when we get off the podcast and hopefully he uh, responds. So we'll, we'll, we'll see, uh, get the record straight. Yeah. He'll probably just say, I say, hi, I'm Logan. That's you it. Know? That's it. What a great answer by David, by the way. That was fantastic. <laughs> God, I love that kid. I love well, that kid. Exactly what he said ran through my head when the question was asked. Exactly. I, I just say, hi, I'm David. Like, yeah. And that's what he said. And that's what made it even funnier that, you know, oh, here's this 18 year old Austrian kid that thinks like me, you know, like how mature, yeah. how mature and and on the ball is that kid? You know, uh, he, uh, he got caught out of position a few times in the first period, but again, they threw, him out against, they threw him out Jack against Hughes. Jack Hughes. Exactly. That's, you know, it's a big step the from the, the Swiss League there, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know? Yikes. Yeah, it's a step up from, uh, you know, uh, Noah Rod mm. uh, of the um, Lugano, uh, you know. That is an actual guy, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I, I ranked him in the second round in his draft year. But, uh, yeah, it's a step up from Noah Rod uh, having mm. a – having to play against uh, Jack Hughes. <laughs> so uh, he um, he got better as, as the game went along I too. Yeah. And um, picked up, almost had two assists. Yeah, Picked up the one helper, uh, first assist, primary assist. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, uh, he was solid. So uh, back, to, back to the Swiss League, back to the first pairing, 20-plus minutes a game. Bring him back to uh, Laval. I, I wrote a little article this morning that was interesting. I did some researching, and I think Laval's going to have seven uh, players under the age of 23 who were picked in the top two rounds. And I I got thinking, you know, it's been a long time since since Montreal's had that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I kept going back every year. I went through St. John Ice Caps. I went through... Yeah, because they, they've they've had five or six different Citadels, St. John Ice Caps, uh, Hamilton Bulldogs, uh, uh, Fredericton Canadians, Sherbrooke Canadians, Nova Scotia Voyageurs. I had to get Jesus. back to the Nova Scotia Voyageurs in 1976, Damn. 77 to find a team that had seven uh, top 64 picks, like guys who were picked in the top two rounds. Um on the farm team. But the the great thing about that too is Beck, Reinbacher, um, there's five guys that, uh, oh, Tuck's another one, um, Kapanen, okay. and one other guy that could join the team that was a top, picked in the top two rounds uh, for the playoffs and they'd have 12. Possibility of having, having 12 guys that were picked in the top two rounds. Um, there's no, I, I know they're going to be a really young team, but there's no excuse for Laval not having a, a competitive team this year. It could be just mm-hmm. uh, if they make the playoffs and if those guys come over, uh, you know, join uh, after the, oh, Hudson's the other guy, Cole Hudson. Oh, geez. <laughs> Sorry, uh, easy to forget. There's five, there's five guys that could conceivably join the team down the stretch or in the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, man, the talent, there's not another team, AHL team that's going to be able to match their, their young talent. And it just excited. It's an exciting, exciting year for the Laval rocket. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Right. I, I, I really enjoyed David Reinbacker's game. He said, it's okay, guys. We can pronounce it Reinbacker. We don't have to do <laughs> yeah. that, that German <laughs> accent. Okay. Unnecessary. But I really enjoyed his game tonight. Very sound. For an 18-year-old, it's very impressive. Like, he was smart with the puck. That's what stood out to me the most. He was reliable. And and some people take that as, you know, uh, he's just reliable. You need reliable defensemen. And he already is one at 18. I like After, it. I like it. 
after years of watching Jordy Ben trying to uh, get the puck out of the zone, <laughs> Carl oh, Alsner, Carl Alsner, Grant, no, <laughs> stop, <laughs> David Schlemko, um, you know, yeah, yeah, it's a step up on the right defense. Uh, um, I mean, within a year, Kovacevic has got a, <laughs> he's got to wonder how you know. I mean, bless him. He came in and he, you know, he played a fairly regular role last year. But geez, he's got to really think that this is his last year being a regular in Montreal, at least. You know, uh, I mean, it's almost a possibility that there could be three right defensemen traded within a year, and and then it's three new guys altogether. Baron, I thought, was relatively solid tonight too. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. Like. Baron and Mayu uh, it is really going to uh, improve Laval's defense core, and because um, they're they're really close to being ready, I think to play in the mm-hmm. NHL. Baron's playing with a little more edge. I've noticed him uh, using his body, and that was one thing that they were hoping that because he's he's got decent size. He's six two, yeah. two hundred or so. Um, just always has been a little uh a little soft for his size, I guess you could say. I don't know if soft's the right word, but just I know what you mean, yeah. Not physical enough. And uh if he can if he can play with a bit of an edge, he's got the skating, he's got the offensive skills, he's got the puck skills, he can uh he can push for a, an NHL spot this year, but I really expect Baron and Mayu to uh have very good yeah. uh, years in the AHL. That's it. it. It just makes sense for him to start in Laval because he is waiver el- yeah. eligible yeah. or ineligible, whatever. He doesn't have to go through waivers, essentially. Right. So it just makes, him, makes sense for him to start in Laval. And he's going to be running the PP1. You know, he's, he's going to be that guy. So he's going to get plenty of opportunity to develop, to develop, to perform in Laval. And tonight, I like like you mentioned, I I really enjoyed his game. I thought he was more yeah. calm, comfortable with the puck. Right, he didn't rush plays. He held on to the puck when he needed to. Um, not can't really knock Justin Barron tonight. I, I thought I thought he looked well. It always hurts thinking about losing Lekkonen, but when you see Barron developing, it's like okay, feeling a little better. Uh, and I yeah. still have that 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 goal replaying in my head against Vegas. Best night of my life. Uh, anyways, love you, Lecky. Hope you have fun in, in Colorado. Uh, last tidbit I want to touch on is the goalies, right? We we saw two goalies tonight, Samuel Montembeau and Jakob Dobish, who's going to be very interesting. But sa- starting with with Big Sam, obviously second goal aside, we're not we're not even going to mention that shit. Like, just, okay, he just needed to cover his post. That's it. Moving on. How do you think he performed? Is like. You know, he, he he performed fantastic at the World Championships. We know that. He won Team Canada gold. Has that translated over? Like, has that momentum, do you think it's it's translated over? Well, it's funny, you know, people were tweeting out, oh, uh, like I, I mentioned that I was impressed by Mayu and Roy and Simono in the first period. And then people said, well, what about Montembeau? And then after he let in that clunker, uh, nobody was tweeting that anymore you know, for some <laughs> reason. But, Ooh. I mean, you, you you can't discount that. That was maybe yeah. the difference in the game, him letting in that goal. So yeah. uh, he, he had, he's had that, I don't know, we saw it a lot last year, which was promising, but he's had a history of letting in a soft goal here and there, just like Primo. Uh, certainly before last year. Mm-hmm. So you, you just hope that he doesn't revert to old habits and, and starts letting in softies here and there. Cause that, that's the difference when you, when you're a team like Montreal, that's in the bottom half going into the year, you, you're going to have to have above average goaltending if you want to, if you yeah. want to contend and um, they're, they're going to need it. But yeah, I think uh, overall he was pretty solid and, really liked what he did at, at the world championships, but I've seen a lot of guys through the years, uh, have a great world championship and then turn around and, and not do much in the NHL the next year. Mm-hmm. So you can only 
put so much, uh, take so much solace in, in that. Um, he, uh, I thought, uh, I thought the big guy Dobish, uh, after the, the, the five goals against Buffalo, right. Was the last time we saw him. Yeah. He, uh, he, he was pretty solid. He made some nice saves. Uh, he's going to go into Laval and, and if Primo clears waivers, which I think he probably will, uh, he'll have a battle on his hand for the first, you know, for the starting job perhaps yep. in, in Laval this year. So it'll be fun to see those guys, uh, two big goalies with lots of potential came through the USHL, uh, college, uh, a lot of similar paths in a lot of ways. Um, but Dobish, uh, he's a wild card. I, it could take him a year or two, but there's, there's a, there's NHL potential there for sure. I agree. I agree. He, he had pep in his step today. I, I, I don't know if it was nerves, but like he was, he was moving, you know, he, yeah. he was moving for, for how big is he? Like six, six or something. Six, oh five? yeah. He's, yeah. He's six, four, he's six, five and massive he's a character. He's a character. He's got a lot yeah. of confidence and uh, I don't think he's going to let that five goals against Buffalo phase him. Cause he looked, no chance. he certainly looked like he was over that tonight. He, uh, he made oh, yeah. some uh, he made some dandy stops, so that's encouraging. Yeah, and we can't really blame him for the goals that he let in, right? They, what can you no. do against Jack Hughes? Seriously, yeah. I mean, they, well. it's fine. It's fine. There's there's really no complaints to be had there. Um, yeah, Grant, is there anything else you would like to touch on about tonight's game? Uh, no, I think we covered it pretty well. And uh, I, as I see by the clock on the wall, there, well, we better. <laughs> We better wrap it up pretty soon, or we'll be in uh, we'll be in trouble with Aniello. That's it. That's it. We got the Carol arrows breathing down our neck. So with <laughs> that, uh, he is Grant McCag from Recruits.ca and the Recruits Draftcast with myself every Wednesday. Go check it out. Go subscribe, Grant. Thank you so much. See you soon. Yeah. Take care. Well, that about wraps it up. No, don't worry. Tony is back tomorrow. I already told you, okay? But thank you for tuning in tonight. It's been fun. And while I'm at it, why not? One spritz, two spruits for Tony. Hopefully you get to see Messi, my friend. And uh, with that, thank you all. Have a great night. I'm producer Shane. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group, driven to be different. La Vida TV, embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.